When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Red 7, Red 7, Red 7, Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't, what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here, you ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the ball? Oh, I'll get you the ball! I don't want that ball! I don't want that ball! I don't want that ball! You will get I hope he doesn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the difference between winning and losing. I got a whole lot of money, money, money for me. Bottle keep popping that water up there, tracking. Yeah, it's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome into Eleven Personnel, episode one fourteen. Nick Roush and Adam Luckett. Excited to talk to you about Kentucky's forty-five to ten win over the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe, and give you a little bit of a preview of what's to come this Saturday against Missouri. Like it, it was a wild, wild college football weekend that lived up to, I think, our expectations. And I also think uh, for as much surprises as there were, a lot of things went like we thought they would. Yeah, I, my big takeaway was it was a great, like, weekend. Like, you had you had your upsets. You had some fun moments. You've had You had some comebacks. Florida State had a huge comeback on Sunday. That was pretty fun watching that unfold. That was great. And then for Kentucky, like you handle your business, and then you see your competition this year. You see Florida's, like that Emory Jones stuff, we didn't make up. Like that was real. Um, 4.1 yards per attempt by Emory Jones. That's terrible. The, The Louisville offensive struggles we talked about. That wasn't made mm-hmm. up. That was real. Um, Tennessee not picking a quarterback for a long time. You see why? <laughs> Vanderbilt, um, they not picking a quarterback for a long time. All, uh, all the stick and all the selling they've done this offseason. You see why? And so I just think for Kentucky, like it was almost like a perfect weekend. Like Kentucky really could have won that game sixty-five to nothing. They were minus three in the turnover column. Um, but they had 13 possessions, and eight of them, they went and scored on them. And then they mm-hmm. oh, turned the ball over on three more. Um, so you're talking about, you know, there was only – outside of the turnovers, there was only two possessions where they, you know, had to punt and didn't score. And, and even though them, some of those were there's some penalties, I think, thrown in too. So Yeah, and they had uh, – the, the probably the only 
time it went wrong was the third down naked boot, and they just blitzed right into it. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, football happens. But, um, man, it, it, was, it was as much fun as it was watching the cats just absolutely rip the teeth out of those stupid birds and beat the snot out of them. There was something nice about watching all of the other SEC opponents kind of fly out. Like Mississippi State, we were watching that game at the bar. Uh, Louisiana Tech was winning. They Louisiana Tech blew that. I mean, they even right. had a chance to win, and Skip Holtz was playing for mm-hmm. the field goal. So, like, I, I, I don't understand their logic there. But uh, I know that in the past we've had these moments where it's like, well, you know, UK, that first game of the year, they're going to be shaky. They might mess around. Well, their messing around was a dumb penalty on a field goal and a tip ball interception. Wasn't really much more else out there. Uh, whereas other places, they were dealing with that. As we'll see with, uh, with Missouri, they were dealing with that till the fourth quarter. So I, I will happily uh, take not only Kentucky's performance, but all the other ones around the weekend. We can get to more of those, but like, let's – Let's dive right into this this UK game because there was a lot to love about it. Uh, did Will Levis, did he the, – the bar we had set, like, all right, we know that this guy can do this. Now let's go see him do it. Did, did he do it for you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, just the deep ball and the deep ball accuracy, like – like, just sign me up right now. I, I like, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit after that first game. Now there were the, the, the digs and some of the intermediate stuff. Like we thought uh, some of that accuracy, like he had Ali wide open on a dig and he totally misfired on one mm-hmm. that the slant Ali should have caught that ball. It was a little right. behind. Probably a little hot too. First yeah. play of the year. Yeah. But other than that, yeah. And Nick, some, no one's talking about like, Will Levis can run the ball. Like, there's going to be points in this year where it's going to be third and three, and Kentucky's going to run QB power. Um, it's not, they're probably saving it for a little bit, but like, that's going to be a factor in this offense, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a pretty big factor. And so, you add all that in, and then just what you saw, and just defensively. Whew. Now, um, no, I'm talking for defensively oh. facing Kentucky. We're going to get defense in a second, but if you're a defense facing Kentucky, now Kentucky has to keep doing it. But right. now it's on, now it's on tape. Now every team that scouts Kentucky, they're going to see, all right, they can – They like we have to be very careful because they're going to max protect seven. Um, but if we get too caught up with trying to stop this run, they can go over the top on us now. And that was that hasn't been a threat for Kentucky since 2016. Yeah, and I, Kentucky needed to put stuff on tape to, uh, for the lack of a better term, mess with Missouri. They need to see some stuff to over-prepare for them. And I think on the, the first eight plays, we're all out of different formations. And what also is good about it, too, Luckett, is, like, you know, when they get into the huddle, they, they have kind of like a 12 personnel, but they'll go five wide out of that, you know? Yeah. And then they can go out bring empty, the, yeah. and, and bring the running back in. And run. So, like, you can't really prepare for – that just based on subs, like this is what they're going to do. They can break the huddle and move around. And what I really like too is that the the one they might have done it twice, but the one time they really went tempo, it was after the Isaiah Epps bomb. Which mm-hmm. my God, what a beautiful pass on third and long to just pull the pin. And yeah, that was a seed. What a rip! And the thing is too, he had another guy, open guy underneath, and I'm like. 
get it to him, get it to him. But it was just like, no, I'm, we're going along with this. Um, that next play, it was right up to the line. Quick play action, Wanda Robinson in motion to the flat, seven-yard game. Like, it, you don't need to do that all the time, but that is just a fun little weapon. They gave Missouri a lot to look at in week one without even, I think, even being too crazy either. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't doubt that. I mean, for me, it was a lot of the personnel groupings I just really liked. Um, it was heavy 12 personnel, but we got some 11. I think they had some 10 in there. Um, you got four, we got 13 at points with the jumbo package. You even got 14 personnel there on the goal line where you had, you know, you bring in Flax, you, Bates, Rig, and then you split out Cummings wide. And then they hit um, Bates on their play action touchdown pass. So there was a lot there, I think, to unpack, and it's going to, you know, challenge some defenses with how they want to match that personnel, whether it's shifted in or out. The, the opponent this week I don't think is going to do much of that. They're just kind of play what they play, and that's going to kind of be it. But I think, you know, first test, I think Cohen and and Levis both passed. Right. And I think the biggest takeaway I had was, you know, the run game was – you wanted it left you wanting more. Um running the football wise. Um, but Cohen had a point after the game. He was like, we had no idea what they were going to run. We were watching Clemson Boise tape. So it made it harder for us to scheme it up. Right. And well, so, and then in the game, they were loading the box and just daring Kentucky to throw. So they took advantage of that. And that's, so now moving forward, like Liam Cohen, Steve Wilkes was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals for two years. And then was the defensive coordinator of the Browns. When Cohen was with the Rams, he faced Wilkes five times. Or let me see. No, no, no. Three times. Rams won every game. Mm -hmm. um, but he's familiar with kind of that what guy what he do. wants to do on defense. Yeah. But the same – Wilkes is kind of familiar with his Rams scheme too. Um, but I think I'm, – I'm excited to see the running game this week because Mizzou's going to load the box and stuff, but Kentucky's going to be able to scheme it up. And I'm excited to see if they can maybe get some creases and pop some more big runs on Saturday. Well, in – Chris Rodriguez, that was one of those, you know, Stoops joke that he, uh, it's like, yeah, it felt like we ran it 80% of the time, and like, or, or threw it 80% yeah. of the time. For me, mine was looking at the box score and realizing, oh, Rodriguez had a buck 25 because he was getting the four and five yard carries as normal, but he was, he was just one tackle away. Void yeah, negative like, plays, but he just couldn't. It was like a three-yarder, but you felt like he could have got six. And there was a right. two-yarder. You felt he could have grinded out four or five. Um, was, there was an 11-yarder where he had an alley where he breaks a tackle, and it's probably a 35-yard gain. It just left you wanting more. Well, and, you know, Stoops mentioned it. He said it even right after the game. Like, you know, I got to be more patient. Some of it is just getting to beat that one guy one-on-one. -on -one. And you know what? It's hard to do when you're just doing thud in preseason camp. So I think it's it a little bit different now. Hopefully he got some of the kinks out. And, you know, it's it's also we, – we talked about it a lot when it happened. It's going to take some time to work through the transition to the outside zone. It just is. Yeah. I mean, no there, there's no way around it. In the second half, they went a lot of inside zone heavy. Um, like his big run at the end was an inside zone play. So they kind of went back to what what they know um, there at the end. So that that was evidence that I think it's going to be kind of they're going to run both mm -hmm. um, kind of thing. But we didn't really see any pin pull. 
Um, we really didn't see any. I don't think I didn't see any duo when I went back and watched the tape. So those are two things that they're going to run this year that we just haven't seen yet. Um, so like that's evidence I think that they're keeping they're keeping stuff back. And right, like right. um, the jet sweep action I think is going to be huge, and that's something they didn't use at all really. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's going to be a counter to that outside zone teams keying on that. You can just you know stick it in Wandale's belly or Drennan's belly going back the other way. And then, it, you know, it can cross up the defense. That's an easy way to grab seven, eight, nine yards um, just to keep, like, a keep you honest type thing. So there's some stuff they held back. But overall, I just think there's a lot to be excited about. The the Levis passing numbers are numbers we haven't seen here. It, even, I don't care if they're on air. They're just numbers, you know, you haven't seen here at Kentucky in a long time. So I, there's a lot of reasons to get excited, I feel like. No, definitely. Definitely a lot of reasons to get excited. And, uh, I mean, as much as we've talked about the the running game, kind of lack thereof, haven't mentioned just – I mean, shout out to Epps for making that big play. That was big for him, I think, confidence-wise. After dealing Keep it with outside, man. He might have scored if he just keeps it outside. Yeah, I don't know what the hell he was doing there. It was like um, – who Just your there? speed. It was, it was like Josh Ali with that punt return a few years back where he just cut it in. And it's like, what yes. are you doing? Just well, run. They, he had the screen to Tennessee when he fumbled. And he had an outside lane. He, he cuts it back it. inside, and then he loses a fumble. If he keeps it outside, it's probably a house call. Yeah, yeah. like come on. The and also, let's let's catch some punts, guys. Like yeah, Wandale out here. I don't know how the hell Wandale even got that ball. But you know, for as much as we talk about his speed and playmaking ability, he's a hard nosed sob. I mean that that plays the yeah, goal. That's some of the running back in him, right? He was like, it, it was nice to not get hit by a bunch of 300-pound dudes. But uh, I was also real happy for Josh Ali, too, just to have some vindication. First game back, you coming back for your senior year. This kind of validates why mm-hmm. you did that. Um, so a great day for the receivers. I think Kentucky has three of the top four or five in the SEC right now. Like, yeah, that's just silly. Uh, so a, a great, a great start uh, in – we didn't even – like the defense, 87 yards. That rut – I'm telling you, like it, as much as we've focused on the past defense and its success in recent years, you saw them do a lot of – try to do a lot of different ways, a lot of misdirection. I mean, they threw a lot at UK in the Rich run Ryan. game. Yeah. I mean, it. that's about as – I don't want to say com- if it's probably as complex run sc- scheme as they're going to see this year. Uh, and they were disciplined in their run fits and they read some of it like a book. I mean, they, they ran more in reverse where DeAndre square was just waiting <laughs> to tackle the guy. I mean, I just like, say, yeah, they just, they've got dudes that have just played a lot of football over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Pascal square Corker. I thought P- Corker and square were going to kill Katie McDaniel one play for not lining up right. I mean, they were on him. Like, before he even got lined up wrong, they were on him. And then they're just – they were just all over it. Um, They could just sniff that stuff out. I mean, Corker had a couple. Not only did he get home – Yeah, he popped, no doubt. But, man, that one PBU he had on an out route was just straight up, like, NFL draft night highlight reel, you know? Yeah, for my big takeaway, um, number one was – Going back to our open practice, the big I was like, man, that D line looked pretty good. They looked better than I thought they were going to look, and I thought that was the case. Like McCall looked really good. Pascal was Pascal, healthy. Josh Pascal, 
Ox was flashing, making plays. Yeah, I thought Trayvon Ripka did some good things. I thought Trayvon Ripka did some good things when he was in the game. I believe Body Fitzgerald was solid. Josiah Hayes had some moments. Yeah, like that, Justin that's Rogers what I, had one. Yeah. That's what I saw in the open practice was them making plays. And then we didn't learn anything about Kentucky's pass defense to me. Uh, the pass rush looked great. Um, yeah. I think what you saw is it's going to happen different ways this year. Like, I think you're going to see more linebacker blitzes, oh, more twists and stuff. That was front. the most calls I've just seen from a UK defense. And I, I, I have no idea. Right. Like, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw them doing so many different things. So, whether really bringing a safety, nickel, like. Because how bad ULM was on the outside and how bad they were at quarterback, there's we don't really know much about the pass defense yet. Um, I did like in some of the short game stuff, they were able to get off blocks and come up and make tackles. Carrington Valentine made a play on a ball, almost had an interception. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot to learn there. We're going to learn a lot more this week. But for me, the takeaway for the defense so far is that that defensive line, like they just hit a checkpoint, I think. That's what they look like to me in practice, and they performed well against an overmatched group. And then just the senior leadership, I, you know, Jordan Wright, McCall, Square, Corker, all these guys were out there, you know, making plays. And I think that's a good sign to see. And I'm excited to see them against an offense that's going to show you a lot of eye candy. There's a lot of motions, shifts. Um, they're going to do a lot of stuff. They're going to shovel past your gadget plays. But I think this is a group that you can depend on being ready for it because of all that experience they have. Right. Like the, the experience shows now – there were a few times where they, you know, you're not going to get home on everyone, but I was glad just to get some going. Good JJ Weaver, I I didn't go back and check to see how many snaps he got. Thirteen. Thirteen snaps, two sacks. Two sna- yeah, two snap, <laughs> two sacks, and thirteen snaps. I mean, that's just that's one of the first things I looked up after the game is how many snaps he played. Gosh, that is crazy, absolutely crazy. So, uh, to see everything that he's been through to go out there and make those plays incredible. Um, Corker and Pascal were as expected, but uh, also good to see uh, some of the fans show up at KS bar after the game for the, the autograph signing. I don't think we can expect them to be like, you know, Benny Snell after he breaks records and, you know, like your, your post-grad signing autograph signing, just because it's, you know, Saturday night, it's a little different when they're playing, but I mean, they, people were there, they were there for about an hour side and stuff a good steady line and it was just really weird sitting in between that happening while people were like kind of giddy to meet those two guys and a crowd of people who were losing their minds because a dude just got a guitar shoved through his head yeah there was a lot going on there at the bar on saturday it was a lot happening it was uh it was a blast it felt good to be back out there like it i mean yeah, I, no doubt. I know. I, I don't think you can. We can't even talk about and accurately portray just how nice it was to have the full game day atmosphere there with, you know, the band going around tooting their horn, you know, like go running by seeing people you haven't seen in a while, tailgates, like just the whole nine yards. It was, it was awesome. It's going to be, and it's going to be even better this week. You got a night game. Weather's going to yeah, be beautiful yeah. again. I think the highs like low 80s. Man. So when the sun really goes down, gets cool. Yeah. Oh you man! You can't ask for much better on September, second weekend of September. First weekend of September, either it got a little toasty, but like mm-hmm. all things considered, that was 
man. Mwah. So Stoops' Monday press conference, you know, they're highly motivated for this game, and mm-hmm. they want people there. Coach Merrill just tweeted out, BBN, we need you this weekend. Biggest game since 18 at Florida. Let's pack the house. Go Big Blue. This, Nick, to me, this feels kind of like the 2018 South Carolina game when Kentucky hosted them. Um, fresh off kind of the big wins. Um, but it was kind of a prove-it game. Like, if you remember, like South Carolina had some buzz going into that game. Um, they were a favorite at one point. But Kentucky was like, if you looked at the matchup, you still like over everywhere, you thought Kentucky was a better team. And that's mm-hmm. how I kind of view this Missouri matchup. I think like Kentucky has the better roster. Um, right. Due to head coaching stability, they're, they're, they, they've recruited better overall. I just think Kentucky has the better roster. And I think the big trump card for this matchup for Missouri was always Connor Basilak. If they just had a better quarterback, that's going to eliminate that, that void and they're going to, that's going to give them an advantage. I think with, Kentucky with Levis, I think that's potentially closed. And I think Kentucky's a better team, and they should win on Saturday. But it feels like like if Kentucky's going to have a big year, like they're going to go out here and kind of put it put it to Missouri. Yeah. And, and that's what they did in that South Carolina game. There were some – you know, people were excited about that game. It was a big atmosphere, and Kentucky came out and really – Beat the hell out of them. Yeah, to, especially defensively. They just kind of controlled – the whole game. And then offense got off to a hot start and then it kind of settled in in the second half. But South Carolina never really had a chance uh, because they couldn't block, really block Kentucky up front and their secondary was everywhere making plays in the back end. Man, I'm look at the you, – you're mentioning this game, the 2018 South Carolina game. I It is nowhere in my brain. I'm digging through. I mean, like, got the shovels out, the pickaxes. I'm trying to think when it took place in the calendar. But that's I mean, what it, it feels had like to, to me. Before Mississippi State and after Florida and all that, but I, it is just not in the memory banks right now. Because um, that's when the that's when really when the fan base started to buy in. But that mm-hmm. was a huge because that was the game. It was like, all right, if we win this, like it's it's like you know you're playing Georgia potentially for the East if you can win this game. It was it had to be in before Mississippi State, right? No, it was a week after Mississippi State because uh, that was the see. first sellout, and it was Kentucky's first game as a ranked team. Ah, uh, got you, got you. Yeah, it Mississippi was State is a lot of fun. I I really do think that this is going to be a great like. It can be an all time atmosphere just to have that buzz back and to have like there was one thing about Saturday too that like just the the kind of not gas but having the entire stadium kind of hold their breath while the ball is in their air. Yeah, like, like the deep post ollie. Yeah. Yeah, like you haven't – that was a Tim Couch kind of thing. That was a Gerald Lorenzo thing. It was Andre Woodson. Woodson, right. Yeah, I mean, like you just kind of – everybody collectively holds their breath and then just explodes when that pass is completed. We're going to get that pop, that crowd pop Saturday night when Missouri comes to town. And well, let's just go ahead and get right to it. Uh, they they did beat the Chippewas that from Central Michigan by what 34-24. They were mm-hmm. losing early in the first half, had a seven-point lead, kicked a field goal late to make it a two-score game. Tyler Beatty had 202 rushing yards and 25 carries. Nothing too crazy there. Uh and, but all in all, like it, I know you watched, went back and watched that tape. I love the Missouri defensive stats 
because they're just they're playing third and Grantham, right? And <laughs> every it's, down, I yeah. mean, it's every single down. And yeah. God, though that typically works out well for Kentucky when they're playing an aggressive kind of defense like this. Yeah, it's very very interesting the strategy. Um, I thought there might have been some showmanship with this being Wilkes' first game, saying this is going to be a big thing we'll do, but not totally. But then Drinkwitz after the game was like, you know, he was basically gave an answer like, you know, that's our DNA. Like, we're just going to – that's a big thing for our defense is we're going to try to get tackles for loss, turnovers. Um, and to me, it goes back to my my little Saban moment and the quote I got from Dave Aranda. This is exactly what he was talking about, was about these defenses that are getting more aggressive, trying to take away – um, uh, create tackles for loss because the analytics say if you get a tackle for loss in a possession, um, the offense's chances at scoring go way down. Um, and so for the handle that, he thinks it's better to get in heavier sets and then do stuff that way. Um, and that's kind of what Kentucky's going to do. Um, so I'm very interested to see how that all plays out um, because Mizzou's run fits, Nick, were very bad in this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking like pretty pretty bad um blaze aldridge linebacker rice transfer he's getting a lot of props um, but he's kind of like i don't know he's kind of a this like niche player like his whole game is just blitzing you know if he has to sit there and run fit he's in trouble like he's in trouble like you can get on him at the second level and you can move him he takes bad angles of football in the run game but if you're like if he's allowed to just blitz and so that's where he's at his best because he had 21 tackles for loss at rice. But if you go and look at the PFF grades, he had a, you know, an average grade, um, even with all those impact plays so that he's out of, he's out of position a lot. Um, they, they run a base nickel look like they're going to have five defensive backs at a time. And that's just their defense more times than not. Um, but instead of where Kentucky, when they're in nickel, they'll have two deep safeties. Mm-hmm. So when nickel, you got to think, all right, you got four down and you take a linebacker out. Right. Well, they're just playing the safety at linebacker. So it's really – it's just a one deep – it looks like a nickel, but it's really a base defense. And they're just kind of – they're glowing the box. They're going to blitz, and they're man on the outside, and they have they have a one guy free safety deep uh, more times than not. And Martez so, Manuel is that kind of hybrid linebacker, and he's kind of the key to their defense. Um, so really it's all about, you know, protection, getting the ball out fast, um, Pre-snap is going to be big. Motions are going to be big to maybe try to get to lighten up that box or or to tighten up the box if you want to. And then I think 12 personnel is going to be huge. Like, I think Kentucky is going to be able to pop some runs against this. Like, I know everybody's talking about pass and all that, but I really think they're going to be able to pop some runs against this. And then when they max protect, when they go to some seven-man protections, it's going to be important to win one-on-ones and hit, and hit when players are open. But there are going to be three and outs, and there are going to be tackles for loss. Like if you play a defense like that, you are going to win sometimes. But if you can, if you can stay patient, there's going to be big plays, and especially in the run game. That's the point I get to. I think they're going to. I think Kentucky's going to have some big running plays in this game. Will Levis scrambles too could be huge. Yeah, just getting out of sticky situations and making something out of nothing. Um, and as much as the high risk, high reward. Like I, I'm, I'm totally fine with, you know, watching a game. Like you know what, there's going to be some third downs. It's not going to work. But if you can 
fit the right pieces of the puzzle together where Rodriguez gets his groove back. Uh, you know, like they get overly aggressive to one side. I mean, it just, it can be a recipe for a lot of fun because you can just be left hanging with nobody there. Like, I'm just thinking about the times where all, all it takes is just looking off the safety on a play action or, I mean, it doesn't take much to get them out of position when you're going a hundred miles yeah. an hour in one direction. You know, The only thing with that is the safeties are playing so deep um, that they're able to get over on a lot of those deep shots. Um, you say so like 25 yards deep. <laughs> yeah. So like slants and stuff like that or rub routes or meshes could be huge in this game. Like those crossers. Um, because yeah. you're going to, if you get them, if Wondell like beats off press that's, and he gets the ball, he's going to have 25 yards of grass yeah. in it. Like that's going to be, you know, some big play. I think tight ends get, leaking them out um, could be huge. Like some throwback stuff. We didn't really see any throwback stuff from Cohen in the first game, but that's in the playbook. Um, yeah. So you leak somebody out and you could have, you know, you know, you just got grass over there. So I'm very interested to see how, how he attacks all this. And I'm interested to see if Missouri, if they, they stayed to their guns because they did show some cover three, some stuff. Cause when they roll to cover three, that manual who I'm talking about, he sprints back to the middle and then they move the other safety up. Um, so he's kind of the key to the defense. Number three, Martez manual. You just got to kind of know where he is at every play. Um, but they're bringing guys. I mean, and a lot of it's up the middle, a lot of it like a gap blitzes where they're just coming up the middle and they're trying to take on every gap and hope someone pops free. And so Kentucky offense line is going to be big this week. I think getting in 12 personnel and creating an extra gap in that run game um, could be a big benefit for Kentucky. Definitely, definitely. And, uh, man, you know, we talked about the actual X's and O's, but we didn't mention the kind of, this is definitely not payback. I do not hate Drinkowitz at all. Kind of vibe we were getting from Mark Stoops. (laughs) Yeah. Um, they're gonna be ready. For, like you, it's to me. It's to the point. It's almost like, all right, we gotta calm down a little bit. Like I think that's, yeah, what we're no, gonna see. Definitely. Like that game pissed them off. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of they didn't love how Missouri kind of Treated celebrated like on the their sidelines, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that I think that kind of really pissed them off. Um, so I'm excited to see um, how they come out and play, and that's why I also like Stoops' comment, like. They're gonna come. They're gonna run the damn ball this week. Like they're gonna be pissed, and they're gonna run. They're gonna run. They the all offensive line did not like how they played in that game. I'm just. I, there's gonna be some chippiness to this game. Like, don't yeah. be surprised if there's some unsportsmanlike conducts on Kentucky early in this ball game. I mean, that 18 game. I thought the two teams were gonna fight before they took the field. That was when they were renovating the stadium. And they had like the barrier in between. Uh, yeah, I yeah, also yeah. think that I get the sort of – the thing that I really liked about Stoops is there is just like a we're going to bully the hell out of our opponent's mentality. We're better than them. Like, get the hell out of here. They do that with ACC teams, especially, you know, all the – like NC State, that that was just – that was just not skill. That was just we're going to bully you into losing. Like, it, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Brute force. I get that kind of sense too, where it's like, really, Missouri, you think you know, you want this? You, you got us last year, but like, we're going to send you right back to where you belong. And yeah. that's at the other end of a five game losing streak. So take that, Missouri. Gosh, also, mm-hmm. Drinkowitz, just, you know, my thoughts on that guy. Like, 
You just want to beat him, Nick. <laughs> You're sick of him. You just need to, you need him knock knock down a couple pegs. Because here's the thing, he is he is that guy in and, and nerd is not the right like word for it, but he was a tryhard, probably a, an okay athlete, but more mostly he was the class smartass, you know. Who's just always got some cutesy little something to say? The last week he was asked, "How's Connor Bazelight grown this offseason? Well, I think he's the same height. It's like, just go no, take that and get it the hell out of here. And people they love it when he went up to the podium in media days. They were just, oh Scott, give us all of your realignment jokes, and they eat it up. And he just keeps feeding it to him. And, the, and basically, it's the teacher just giggling, laughing at him, encouraging him to keep up this bad behavior. No, it needs to be stopped. It needs to be silenced. Stoops needs to do that this weekend by taking care of business. Nick, I have a hot take here. You ready? Yeah. Connor Basilak is a little underrated or overrated. Ooh. Like, this, the hype is a little out of control for Connor Basilak. Last his – he only had a 37% passing success rate against Central Michigan. Um, they they stretched the ball down the field more. One thing, and this is not a bad thing about Basilak, one thing he does, the best thing he does is really kind of avoid negative plays and manage the games. He does not take sacks. He gets the ball away. But he's not really throwing the ball into traffic. Um, and the way I know that is, like, his interception pass breakup rate is a lot lower than everybody else's like that. The average should be around eight or 9%. And he's down, he was down under 6% last year. Um, so he's not taking as many chances, but overly conservative. Yeah. Now they did stretch the ball vertically more last week and he throws some good balls. Like vertically, he, he really hit some good balls, but I think we're, some people are getting a little ahead on him. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a guy that's going to get drafted and play in the NFL, but I think he's not there yet. And so that's my little take on Basilak. Um, was that like he's not good? He's not like he doesn't scare me, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. And for a right. quarterback like well, that's getting the props and kind of pro mentions that he is, he should, I think he should scare he, me when I watch his tape. But he's that, Teddy that, Bridgewater. He's Teddy Bridgewater. Like from a, and like I'm NFL fucking, Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, NFL yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, New Orleans Saints Teddy Bridgewater. Like, not going to go out there and turn the ball over, uh, going to throw a lot of routes underneath, make the smart plays, but not mm-hmm. do anything to go win you the game. Yeah. Um, which, and, which you know what? Last year, that's all they needed. And he was perfect. Because, because of that, that's why they won the game last year, in my opinion, was because he wasn't greedy. He just he took the, pro- took the profits. He just yeah. – it was there. He was taking it. He had third and manageables. They converted 15, 20, third down, four or five, fourth down. Him and Drinkwitz both, I don't think, got greedy in that game. And so um, I think Drinkwitz is a good quarterback. But like I said, I just, I think he might be a hash, uh, just a little bit overrated. And in this matchup between him and Will Levis, I think Missouri has to win that matchup to win this game. I don't think there's any way around that, that they can beat Kentucky without Connor yeah. Baselak out playing Will Levis. And so well, for Kentucky, if Levis just plays him to a draw, I, I think they they should feel re- really good if they win. And if Levis pl- outplays him at all, this thing is going to turn into blowout. Yeah, and I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but, like, Kentucky brought in transfers. They brought in Levis, Dare Rosenthal, 
Wandale Robinson. When Missouri brought in transfers, they brought in like all of Tulsa's secondary. Three G five guys, yeah. Yeah, all like from Rice and the two guys from Tulsa for defense. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's you know apples and oranges in some cases. Uh, 7.30 kickoff, Kroger Field, Saturday night. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. My question to you, Luckett, who is uh, who from Kentucky is going to have the big game? Who's going to be the guy that we're talking about on Tuesday? Like, man, thanks. If if not for X, Kentucky doesn't roll. I think it's going to be Rob. I mean, I think it's going to be the offensive line slash Rodriguez. I think he's going to pop one this week, a couple. Mm. And I think he's going to be the guy. And then defensively, I, I just think it's going to be committee approach, kind of like it is all season. Now, yeah, Missouri, yeah. Tyler Beatty is scary. Like I said, I'm not afraid of Basil. Like I am afraid of Tyler Beatty because um, mm-hmm. that dude can take it to the house. And he was, Kentucky would have shut out Mizzou in 2019 if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Hit, they hit him on that swing pass. They were a little out leverage and he just took off. Right. Um, and now he's getting a heavy workload. Like he got, like 30-something touches against Central Michigan last week. And now the, it's boom or bust. Like, he's going to take tackles for loss, but if he gets a crease, he can go. And, like, his six, he had a 69-yard run um, to really ice the game because um, they were only up seven with two minutes left. Central Michigan was trying to get the ball back. Mm-hmm. And Drinkowitz went – they were heavy outside zone. He went to a different run um, for that. So, he kind of caught Central Michigan off – flat-footed there um but he's dangerous like he's gonna ha- he has a lot of he can go and get some explosive runs and so and especially on that outside zone we heard brad white talk about how important mccall is on that yeah uh, beat his block and chase those ch- chase from hash to hash um to give the other guys time to get over there so he's gonna be i think Mar- marquan's big this week and he's facing one of the best centers in the sec and michael mayetti so that's gonna be a fun matchup to watch but for me, oh, it's all like if Kentucky gets that run game going, they're like Missouri's going to be in trouble. And Central Michigan ran for over 200 yards last week. If you take out sacks, like just the running backs. And then I think one thing Central Michigan couldn't take advantage of because if you're if the team blitzes a lot and they play man, like you need your if your quarterback can just break it out a little bit, right? Then then that then they're screwed, you know, because either <laughs> somebody's going to pop open or he's going to have, you know, no one no one on him. Right, right. And I don't think they're going to come out and spy Will Levis. I think they're going to be coming. No, no. And yeah. so until Kentucky beats him with that, I think that could be a huge key to this game. I think the ground game is huge because I think at 12 personnel, you're going to be able to take, absorb some of those blitzes. And mm-hmm. I think there's going to be bubbles and I think there's going to be creases that pop and to give big gains. So that's really what I'm looking for this week. Cannot wait to see. Eli Drinkwitz, get shoved in a locker, 7.30 kickoff, get your tickets. It's going to be a blast. Uh, and you know what else is happening this weekend too, Luckett? What's that? We're uh, we're getting the NFL back we on are. Thursday night. Yeah, we got five days in a row of football. We only have to take two off, and then we get the Bucks, Cowboys, and there's an easy way to win money, and that's by playing at MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. It's the best place to place your wagers right now. Head over there, select their lock of the season, and any team scores between the Cowboys and Bucks, you win. It's a bet you can't lose. A great promo going on right now at MyBookie. They also have, are host to several exclusive contests 
including their $100,000 super contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so you don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head over to mybookie.ag today and use our promo code PERSONNEL and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code PERSONNEL to receive your first deposit and to double your first deposit and get started with MyBookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Like it? We got to talk about Louisville. I mean, let's just yeah, talk. Yeah, let's just yeah, yeah. Let's, let's cut. Let's, let's I, cut I, the BS. I, let's talk about yeah, Louisville. Yeah, let's do it. I was trying to do like a fun segue there, and it just it was going nowhere. Three but, words: Jimmy's and Joe's. I mean, that's they don't it. have any players, dude. That's it. I mean, there's no, there's players. nothing else. You can't watch that game and think anything else. And like I, I heard, I saw people on Twitter and radio talking about wanting to see the backup quarterback. Dude, it's not the quarterback. Cunningham's Cunningham. way better than that quarterback. I'm telling you right now, he's way better than that guy you have on the bench. He's your best player. Cunningham, he makes some mistakes, like makes some bad throws. He had like, no help last night, Nick. No at help. Oh, and like that, the the play that personifies it was the trick play. We're like they dialed up a perfect shot. <laughs> they had the limbo set, which I started cracking body. cracking up, leading the team in rushing, throwing, and receiving. Dude. He just has he has no help. And man, they were playing against some actual dudes. Like I know the targeting got a lot of the oxygen, but I mean they were just getting stood up by Ole Miss's defense, and that was Ole Miss's yeah, defense. Half. I know that it's they were really bad last year. They got DJ Durkin now, so that's probably making a little bit of a difference. But like there was one play where Hassan Hall just got stood the hell up by the like, safety. Was, yeah, it was. That was a thud, man. They weren't yeah, messing thing, around. Even like, okay, when Louisville's got the ball on offense and Ole Miss is on defense, like who on Louisville's roster is getting drafted? That's what I was sitting there thinking last night. Like, I don't know anybody getting drafted. And then Ole Miss has got A.J. Family 21. He's going to be a draft pick this year. Otis Reese, the transfer from Georgia, is going to be a draft pick. They've got a couple D linemen that are going to get long looks. Mm. That, that Maryland transfer, the white kid, the linebacker, he's going to get drafted. So you just I mean, gotta think about it like that. They're just out. They're just kind of outgunned because of the, the the roster construction issues that we've had and we've talked about. Um, yeah, it's, the, we've talked about it. Not everybody's talked about it, but I just I I was so part of me felt bad for Louisville fans because like the season's you know they're gonna lose to UCF and the season's gonna be over. Like yeah, it's a huge game. I mean, it's a huge game. Yeah, you you, you talked about it previously, but. It really like that they, they are who we thought they were. They they don't have the guys like it's all personnel. Who was that Ford guy? Like, I mean, he's okay, he's a, but like he's a walk on. Like he's he's been a great story. That was a great find for them. He, but he's but a you walk, can't have I mean, a he's whole a walk team on. of them. You can't yeah. have a whole team of those guys. And that's all they have. They have like Jack Fago on defense is playing like they're kind of hybrid position. Mm-hmm. He was a walk on like. Like he and he's a great story. He's a I mean he's an okay player, but he shouldn't be starting for you yeah. making plays like that. I just man, they just don't. And even on defense, like they've got experience. Um, I think their scheme is pretty sound. Yeah, but they just the Avery the, kids all right. Who are the yeah? Who are the guys? Like that's I just don't have the star power. Like who are the guys? And then like against Ole Miss, like you know, Matt Corral is probably. I mean he's my 
top quarterback in this class. He's a, like, he's a freak. He was a dude last year. And then they just got, you know, they got a handful full of blue chip receivers that are just plug and play kind of in that system. Um, and then they got a left tackle who's going to get drafted in like the third or fourth round. And so that was the big thing for that game. Now, Louisville, when they get into like the ACC, that's going to be less of an issue, but there's still going to be matchups where they're just going to be, well, they don't have the talent. And, and it's not only that, like it, I know that the crowd wasn't there. It was really dumb to have this game on a Monday. Like they, they should have flipped that with Florida State. Florida State, it's on campus. You can, it doesn't matter if it's school night. You're not going to get two teams to travel five, six hours to Atlanta. And then people got to go to work the next day. Like that was especially when stu- their teams aren't projected to be like really good. Right, right, right. It was dumb. So maybe the crowd, but like I saw a lot of body language. You saw Satterfield like essentially blaming Cunningham for them stinking yeah. at halftime. And like he's the only person doing anything. That thing, the when we talked about there being smoke there. I don't care if Jimmy's and Joe's won't be a problem in ACC play. They're going to just have trouble getting up for games because the thing that's different about football than basketball, in basketball, you can go out there and say, I'm going to go get mine on any given night, and I'm just going to ball. And it's not as physically debilitating. Football, you have to lean on 10 other guys. You have to buy in, and you have to physically withstand a lot of toll. When you lose football games, the snowball rolls downhill and becomes just an absolute monster. And the body language I was seeing out there, as soon as that UCF game goes final and it's and it's an L on the scoreboard, they're done. I mean, there's just there's no yeah, way that's around a huge it. Game. And like UCF probably has a better roster. You know, I mean that's just yeah. kind of where they are. He <laughs> they, hasn't they got done dudes. I mean, it's an app state recruiting strategy, but they haven't found like they just haven't found the gyms or they don't have the gyms right now in this team. Like their receivers, like it's Kentucky level from last year. Like there's just no separation. They're not getting open. Cunningham really doesn't have anywhere to go. The run game struggled. Their offensive line struggled, and that's not a good Mm -hmm. sign. Um, But they'll get to regroup here. I think, like, I think Satterfield is, I still think he's a good coach. I think X and O's, he's good. Um, he'll be able to plan some stuff each week. But if you're just – if you don't have the guys, there's just so much, you know, you can do. Um, right. But I do think it was good that they scored all those drives in the second half. Ole Miss kind of reverted um, there on defense. So, that can maybe give them some confidence. But, yeah, that UCF game, I mean, it's huge. And it's not just that. Right after that, they got to go to Wake Forest – or go to Florida State and go to Wake Forest, I believe. So, hmm. like, you got two road games right there. Like, if you lose that UCF game – and you go on the tank a little bit for two weeks, you're one and four going into your bow all of a sudden. And then it's like, you know, can it, could it be every man for himself at that point? Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just a situation we'll have to watch here pretty closely uh, through the first month of the uh, season. It's going to be a real shame if he's not around Thanksgiving Saturday. Real, real shame. Real shame. I love just beating up on coaches I dislike and <laughs> – it's a real we, – we got Petrino taken from us. Can't have Satterfield taken from us too soon. What was the uh, most surprising score you saw this weekend, Lockett? Um, Notre Dame-Florida State was up there in the, in the way it came about. Yeah, well, somebody had it picked. And if Scott Norvell wasn't a freaking 
idiot. What a moron. He also – he started playing for the field goal early on that final drive in regulation too. Like I don't – I don't know why they were like, hey, Milton, why don't you throw it around for us? I guess he was worried that they were just going to tee off and blitz his brains out. But Milton's first pass was a 25-yard little out route down the side of the field. They just really kind of took the air out of it. And to start overtime and take the ball out of his hands, I don't know. It felt like everybody knew that that was a Disney story waiting to happen, except for Scott Norville. Or Mike, Mike Norville. Norville. Yeah, yeah. getting him in Satterfield. Um, easily confused. You know? Him going for that on fourth down, um, like I, it took me back to the Kiffin answer, like, you know, he like the book doesn't always understand the momentum of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I did get why he went for it, but he probably should have punted. But then also like that, that probably that might be a, like a morale thing, like the team. Like if you're going for that and you got the balls to do that, mm-hmm. it could be like a pickup for your team. Like you know, this guy believes in us. We're gonna, you know, right, right. Um, but like, but if you like, Milton missed a lot of practice in camp, and by all accounts, he wasn't very good in camp but he might just be a gamer kind of thing yeah um, so yeah it'll be interesting to see how they rotate that quarterback thing i thought they were going to play both i thought the plan was just going to be kind of roll in you know both in and out because travis is just a glorified wildcat quarterback yeah like, you can just go in there and run some wildcat type offense and then had a you couple know, big plays up. yeah but, yeah i just i when it when they didn't get the ball first you're like well this is going poorly and as soon as the like Oh, you got to kick a field goal. Florida State doesn't have a history of messing up big kicks. <laughs> like, yeah, their, their whole program history is built on it. So mm-hmm. uh, that ended poorly. Really wanted to get on the board with the money line pick. You messed up, Luckett. You mentioned Charlotte mm-hmm. as a dog, and they won outright. That could have been a solid money line pick. Forget who yours was last week. Why don't we Carolina. Go ahead and, yeah, that was. I, I, App State I was just – they were just better. East Carolina threw the ball around a little bit. App State was just better. Which – let's get to our money on picks this week, all right, or mybookie.ag. Use that promo code personnel, money on picks. And I am – see, every gambler, they – sometimes the team, you, you lose so bad and you can't shake it. So now you get to chasing. I'm chasing App State. Right now, money line against Miami. Miami looks bad. I know they're at home. It's a bounce back spot. But if we get Chase Bryce, if we get the Clemson version and not the Duke version, which is what happened with App State in Charlotte on Thursday night, then I, I sign me up for that. Fascinating and, game. Yeah, because the way the ACC's played in that opening week, like you don't know what you're going to get. You know, how, how do you judge them after the Alabama game? So. Yeah. So we got App State plus two sixty here next. So I'll lock you in. But yeah, fascinating game. You got the Alabama hangover effect with Miami. Mm-hmm. How really good is Miami? How hurt is the Eric King still? Right. App State's got a good defense and a good offense. They can run the ball. Uh, yeah, fascinating matchup there. They're down in Miami Gardens. For me, keeping it in state a little bit. WKU was impressive that first game. They um in the offseason, Tyson Helton hired pretty much the entire Houston Baptist offense um, from FCS. Their head coach, or offensive coordinator, um, their quarterback, and two receivers. Bailey Zappi is their quarterback's name, and this coach is a young guy who worked for, like, Cliff Kingsbury hired him, like, when he was, like, 20 years old at Texas Tech, and he kind of worked under Kingsbury for a while. Um, so they're running this full-out air raid offense. I think it's going to be really good. It's going to light people up. They go up to Army this week. Um, they're 
they're catching seven. Obviously, like if playing in space is not something Army's going to be great at. No, no. So I think I they're going to be able to score a little bit. And this is a game where they're all like Army's going to control it, but WKU could get back into it in the snap of a fingers because yeah, the passing offense. So I think they're going to be able, even if they're behind, I think they could catch up at any moment. Helton um, had a good defense last year. I know prepping yeah. for the triple option's tough, but ju- ju- the only thing that worries me though is just about the 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 physicality of that game, and you don't really get that. Like Conference USA yeah. isn't built on that as their kind yeah. of style. It's a little fade for Army too, because Army put it on Georgia State last week. And that's a big, uh, you know, I, it just feels like a big number that seven. So give me yeah. WKU plus two twenty. A money line. See if we get on the board I this played week. and got on the board with was our Howlin' Wolves, the Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. They got after Cal, and I don't know how many of y'all stayed up to watch that. That game was a lot of fun. I made it to the end of the third quarter, and. I, at the start, I was like, God, this really is like mummy. They can't get a damn stop. They can't tackle anybody. And their coach just lost his mind. And then it was Cal, putt, 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 putt. <laughs> and Nevada, I mean, dude, that k- kudos to our listeners for picking a fun team to watch. They came from behind, beat the Golden Bears. This week, they got an FCS Idaho State uh, after dark on stadium, but. I don't know how much you're going to want to watch them beat up on an FCS team on stadium after the Cats win. It is a night game, so you just get that. But uh, Carson nice Strong, for Wolfpack, Carson Strong dropping seeds. Um, and really the game here, they go to Kansas State in two weeks. That'll be fun on September mm-hmm. 18th. But then October 2nd, they go to Boise State. And that's kind of the game there in the Mountain West. Um, so yeah. hopefully, you know, that's the same week Kentucky plays Florida. So hopefully we get some we'll get a late night kick there so we can check it out last the fourth quarter when we're heading out of the box, uh, but that's the game Nevada at Boise State October second. But overall, Nick, I, I think a fun week and I'm really excited about um, Saturday. Like this is this is why you do it for these games right here. Right, right, exactly. For the revenge factor, for the there's just so much to it. This game's been circling on the calendar for a while. And also for the just season-long implications, you know, Kentucky yeah. has climbed the SEC ladder Stakes. in the division There's... by com- consistently mm-hmm. beating Missouri and South Carolina. And this year, Missouri is the L- – LSU, they, they look very beatable. Florida, very mm-hmm. beatable. But you know what? you got to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. And this is – this is where you start. It all starts here. Yeah. The season gets real Saturday night at Kroger Field. And we're going to learn more about Kentucky, too, I think. Like, we're going to learn a lot about the defense. Um, we're going to learn more about Will Levis. We're going to learn more about the ground game. Um, it just – there's still a lot to unpack here. And just the, there's stakes in this game. Like, Kentucky like, – it's not hard to see that they this coaching staff thinks they're pretty damn good. Um, and mm-hmm. they think they can have a big year. Um, but you need to win this game. Like you can have a really good season if you lose on Saturday, right? Um, but but there's a chance for this team to have a great season, and there's no way that happens with a loss to Missouri at home. No, no. And so like like Missouri, I think they're a good team. I still think they're probably a year away from really being maybe a top twenty five caliber. Um, I think they're probably a seven and five type team. Like this is a team you got to beat here at home. You know you have to take care of business. 
you can't let them come in here and beat you at home when you've had time to prepare and all that. Like it's a huge game, and let's let's see how how they roll. I think personally, I think like I think they're ready for this game. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be locked in, and I think they're better. I just think they got better personnel, um, better roster, and I think Levis kind of. At, you know, I think it's safe to say that he kind of evens up that quarterback matchup, at least in my opinion. Um, if not, it's pretty close, and that I think that gives Kentucky a really big edge in this game. Just take care of the football. Don't, yeah. don't, don't lose that turnover battle. Take and care of the ball. Lose, Avoid a catastrophe on special teams. Just ball security, avoid catastrophe on special teams, and I think it's a, Kentucky's going to have a really good chance to potentially win this one by double digits. As fun as it was to be back at the Crow on Saturday, you didn't get those, that nervous excitement. We're getting that back Saturday, and I can already just the living and dying with every single play. It cranks right. up a couple notches, and man, I cannot wait. It's been a blast. We appreciate y'all so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, just a little teaser. Might have a little something extra for y'all later on this week, um, but. Always, thank you for subscribing, rating, reviewing. Luck it. It's been a pleasure, my friend, and uh, can't wait to do it again soon. Can't wait for Saturday, man. Ah, man, it'll be here before you know it. Go Cats, go Kroger. <laughs>